Welcome to another gospel message from St. Luke's Anglican Church, Clovelly. Portrait of a Lady is a Gustav Klimt original that went missing in 1997. The painting was stolen during the preparations for an exhibition. The frame was found on the roof of this gallery beside the skylight, except that that frame could never have fit through that skylight. The painting was never seen again. The whole thing went down as an unsolved mystery until December last year. Gardeners were clearing out the back garden of this gallery and they discovered a metal panel in the garden wall and hidden behind it in a black bag was the painting in fairly good condition and confirmed as authentic. Now, here's the thing. This masterpiece valued at 60 million euros was there unappreciated under their nose for a generation. Today we're starting a new series in the letter of Ephesians that is about God's grand plan in an uncertain world. The letter of Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul probably as a circular letter that went to a number of churches in and around the city of Ephesus in modern Turkey. And one of the things that means is it applies widely. Ephesians starts by assuring Christians of the inheritance that is coming to us because God doesn't want us to miss the masterpiece that is under our nose. And this is an inheritance to die for. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God for the way he's blessed us in Jesus Christ with every spiritual blessing. Now, Paul is actually writing from prison, and yet notice he's overflowing with praise because he's overwhelmed with God's blessings. And you can see the blessings God has shown to us in the actions he's taken for us. Uh, he chose us, verse 4. He predestined us and adopted us, verse 5. He's blessed us, verse 6. He's redeemed us, verse 7. He's lavished on us, verse 8. And he's made known the secrets of the universe, verse 9. And this section is too rich and deep to take it all in. I mean, every line could be a talk or a prayer. Perhaps that's something you could do this week each morning is turn each line into a prayer to God. For now, I just want to share three words about this inheritance. Planned, secured and invited. This inheritance to die for has been planned for us since before time. Halfway through verse 4. God chose us in Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In the Old Testament, God chose the nation of Israel, but not because they were more clever or more powerful or more moral. And here, the Apostle Paul is telling us God has chosen us, those of us who are Christians, to be God's children and to be God's family. Or in verse 5, it says that God pre-prepared our adoption. He chose us. It's as if God's gone to the orphanage and he's chosen us and he's loved us and he's taken us home before we ever loved and chose him. Now, in our culture, we're the ones used to making the choices. I mean, individual choice is one of our most treasured values. 
We choose what we wear. We choose what we live. We choose who our friends are. We even choose who we are. And yet here, it says that God chose us first. And to make it clear, before the foundation of the world. Now, the Bible says that we are responsible for our choices. Jesus says that. Paul's going to say that in verse 13. We're responsible for our choices. God's going to hold us accountable, and especially for our choice and decision about Jesus. But this is saying in a way that our minds can't quite grasp and that humbles our hearts, that even when you chose Jesus, if you're a Christian, it's because God had chosen you first. Like everything else in God's economy, even our choice to follow him is a gift, a handout from a God who has set his love on you. When the Bible talks about this idea of God's choice, the big word is predestination. It's not just to mess with our minds or to stump those smug first-year philosophy students. It's meant to humble us, but also and especially to comfort us. The official beliefs of the Anglican Church are called the 39 Articles. They go back to the 16th century. And there it says that predestination is of sweet, pleasant and unspeakable comfort. Why? Because in a world that is out of control, it says that there is a God of love who is in control. And in a world where we can't guarantee our jobs or our health or our future, this says there is a God who loved us first who has adopted us and planned an inheritance for us before coronavirus and before creation. This is an inheritance already planned, an inheritance to die for, or actually that Jesus died for. You see, we don't deserve to be part of God's family, but it's because Jesus has secured all this for us that we get to share in it. Let's have a look at chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. There's a lot there, so let's just rewind to verse 7. In Jesus we have redemption through his blood. Sometimes we talk about redeeming ourselves. Will a football team, after a terrible first half, be able to redeem themselves in the second half? Or on WikiHow, there's an article about how to redeem yourself in just 21 steps. But sometimes we've made such a mess, and we are such a mess, we can never redeem ourselves. And in the Bible, the mess of our sin isn't just our selfishness, it's also our self-righteousness, where we still try and fix it all up ourselves. But the truth is, our sin and our failings have left blood on our hands. And it's only the blood of Jesus that redeems us and forgives us. Jesus' blood spilt on that cross has paid the penalty our sins deserve so that we get to share in the inheritance that only Jesus truly deserves. And you know, we spend half our lives trying to redeem ourselves trying to impress people, to make up for our mistakes, to impress God even. But God wants you to know this inheritance that you don't deserve is already secured for you by Jesus' blood. 
And God is the kind of father who lavishes on us. He talks about the riches of his grace and his kindness. And it's a bit like those grandparents for whom little Johnny is the centre of the universe and they just can't help but splurging and splashing out on an abundance and overflow of presence. Except that here, even as God lavishes on us, the centre of the universe is still Jesus. Barack Obama, one of his favourite quotes was from Martin Luther King, that the arc of the moral universe bends towards justice. Now, of course, there's no reason that you can believe in a world of justice if this world and this life is all there is and it's just a matter of survival of the fittest. The reason that you can believe that history is bent towards justice is because history is bent towards Jesus. That's where the universe is heading. God's grand plan is to unite heaven and earth all under Jesus. One day, Jesus will judge the world with justice. They're the words of Acts 17. And the only reason that you and I can have hope is not that we could redeem ourselves, but it's because Jesus has secured our inheritance for us that we could never deserve. So an inheritance that's planned and secured and to which all are invited. Let's read from Ephesians 1 verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. From God's side, he chooses and he predestines. But notice how it works from our side. We're included in God's family and we get to share in the inheritance when, verse 13, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, and you believed in him, that is, in Jesus. If not already, you are invited to share in this inheritance that lasts forever, that no virus and no cancer and no recession and no stock market crash could ever take away, if only you'll put your trust, not in yourself, but in Jesus. If not already, would you do that today by turning to God in prayer? And if you've still got questions that you need answered, would you not come and be part of that course this Wednesday night? You can find all the information on the hub part of our website. Just look for Exploring Christianity. Because this inheritance is for the whole world. And it's the only hope in this uncertain world that we live in. We're reminded it's for the whole world when Paul says in verse 12 that the Jews, they're the ones who were the first to hope in Christ, but also this inheritance extends to you also. That is, non-Jews, Gentiles, the nations, the world. And everyone who trusts in Jesus gets the same gift of the Holy Spirit, shares in the same inheritance, and is to now live for the praise of God's glory. You know, we live in a culture that tells us you're special, believe in yourself, be true to yourself. But here, we're being told the Creator's grand plan is a plan that included you. 
and has been secured for you by Jesus' death for you. And yet, it's not about you. It's all about Jesus. I think the greatest challenge for Christians right now is that we could easily become consumer Christians, sitting on our comfy lounges, consuming Jesus for as much as it suits us, and ending up with a Christianity that is all about you, instead of a life that is all about Jesus. All that God has done for you is a masterpiece. It's not to be left unappreciated in a garden wall, but put up on the display wall with a spotlight. And when it is on display, and best of all, on display in our lives, the spotlight will be all on Jesus. Would you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this inheritance and for all that you have done for us that we do not deserve. May our lives now be all about Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about St Luke's Anglican Church, please visit www.clovelly.org.au.